Hey everybody, Nicole here from Hair of the Dog, and today on the podcast, we have my good friend Kaylee Greer from Dog Breath Photo, and her and I are both sharing the five biggest mistakes that we've made in our dog photography journey. So this is an episode that you definitely don't want to miss. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Hair of the Dog podcast. If you're a pet photographer ready to make more money and start living a life by your design, you've come to the right place. And now, your host, pet photographer, travel addict, chocolate martini connoisseur, Nicole Begley. Hey, everybody. Nicole here from Hair of the Dog, and I am back with one of my favorites. If you are listening to this podcast currently on 1.2, 1.5, 1.75, or two times speed, you are going to want to put it back to one time speed because I've got Kaylee Greer from Dog Breath Photography back on the podcast. (laughs) What a beautiful intro that was. I'm so humbled by that intro. I love that so much. I appreciate that speedily speaking is on brand for me. I try so hard to slow down and calm down. And when I get excited, I talk really fast. And when I'm giving like, you know, like talks at conferences and things, I always try to remember like, Kaylee, not everybody is like from the East Coast, you know, of like the US where everything goes really, really, really fast all the time. So especially when I'm speaking like, you know, overseas and there's different accents and stuff and they already can't really understand me. So anyway, I appreciate you. Definitely don't put me on 1.5 times speed. Um, But other than that, I am here. I am excited and I am ready. (laughs) Love it. Yeah, I speak fast too. And then you and I both get excited about something and it's just like it's our heads almost pop off. So um, (laughs) anyway, if you guys have not heard of the previous ones, I actually was smart and wrote this down before we started the podcast instead of me being like, wait, hold on. I should have looked it up. You have been on the podcast twice before episode 42, way back a long time ago, where we're talking about the secret to success in dog photography. And then episode number 150, which had a lot of laughter. It was behind the bark of doors with myself and Charlotte. Um, that was a hysterical episode. If you guys haven't listened to them, go take a listen. But actually, I do that love after it. you listen to this one. This one's going to be great. <laughs> go for, go with this one first. First of all, what? How many episodes have you done now of the Hair of the Dog podcast? Oh my gosh, I think we're on like 180 something. That is so bananas. That is it's so incredible. That's commitment. That's consistency. Uh, that is professionalism. Those are all the things I think of when I think of Nicole Begley. So <laughs> that works. It, that tracks for your brand. There you go. Well, thank you. Well, thank you. Um, yeah, no, I can't believe it. And I did know, I know my limitations now because I knew if I didn't set it up so that all, like if I had to do anything other than record it, I knew that I would not stick with it long term. So we set that up from the beginning. So thankful to my wonderful team and Venus, who is editing this and every single podcast you guys have every heard um couldn't do it without them so yay thank you venus shout out to venus <laughs> does she listen or well i guess she has she to does. Right? she edits the podcast because so. <laughs> she edits it so she has to listen to all of us yes, bantering we- on <laughs> that's brilliant <laughs> oh, i love it i love it all right so you and i today are going to recap our five biggest mistakes in our dog photography journey which is going to be a good one. But before we dig into that, there's something pretty exciting on the horizon. I mean, there's a couple exciting things. You guys know that Kaylee and I, along with Charlotte Reeves, do the Barkas. 
And we have a new breed of Barkas coming up in June 2024. We're talking like a year and one, two, three months from now, a year and a quarter. Nothing like planning ahead, you know? (laughs) Hey, you got to plan ahead for June in Iceland. So um, Barkyvik 2024, com. Go check it out. Get on the wait list. But if you want your fill of pet photography education this year, you guys are planning something epic. I got something so magical for you. Magical for you. Before I get there, I thought real quick when you said Barkyvik, I was like, how do you spell it? (laughs) <laughs> do you know how to spell it yes because i've been putting the stuff together silly okay um yeah Brilliant. so reykjavik has a y before the javik okay <laughs> but perfect for our branding it looked with our font that we use for the barkas it was just too much with the y so we are just bark javik <laughs> okay that works i think that works hopefully it doesn't offend the local iceland well, people not. Yes, Local we love people the Iceland. people. Yeah. <laughs> well, remember when we did Barcelona and like one of the, you know, husbands or something that had oh, come it along? Connie's, it was Connie, oh, our oh, chef's <laughs> husband. Yeah. It's like, he's like, he gave oh, her that- a t-shirt and she's like, he's like, uh, they spelled Barcelona wrong. <laughs> <laughs> nice and offensive. <laughs> yeah. She's like, no, no. Like bark, like a dog. He was from Argentina. So bark was not a word that he knew. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Fair enough. So, fair That's enough. so funny. Anyway, so yes, 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 yes. Okay, so here's the thing. Step back, imagine, envision. (laughs) Nicole, think about what could happen if we brought all of the absolute top rock stars of dog photography together from all over the world. This has been something I have been thinking about for ages and ages. You and I started around the same time. We started in the dog photography adventure space in like, what, 2010? Mm-hmm. Does that sound yep. about right? I think I yep. was just a little later than you. I was probably like six to nine months after you, but somewhere in 2010, towards the end of it. And and when we started, there it was a very tiny little landscape. And there were people, you know, yourself included, which by the way, Nicole Begley will be involved in what I'm about to tell you <laughs> coming up here. <laughs> um, but you know, there were these people, there were a few people, a handful of people who were like really on the front lines of dog photography even being a thing, right? Like it wasn't even remotely like a popular awareness. You know what I mean? People yeah. just didn't know it existed. I mean, I think still today, sometimes when you meet people, they're like, oh, wow, really? That's novel. Like you're a dog photographer. Right. Yep. You know, they still don't really know. But I, I do think it's come a long, 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 long way now that there are thousands of pet photographers um, or dog photographers. But, you know, anyway, we, so we first started. So there were these like legends, you know, that kind of were in in the very early game. And then just over the first maybe few years of our career, just these people that just broke out and created work that was com- completely groundbreaking. And it was mm-hmm. ju- anyway, it's like with, with all that said, these people were really like legends and really idols. You know, I think so many of us really looked up to certain, you know, like uh, artists in the space and personalities and brands and all this, whatever. And then over the years, you know, there just have been people that have like just blown the roof off this whole dog photography thing in a really remarkable way, which is quite rare. And they're the people that I always thought, like I've had these dreams over the years where they're all in one building together. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like what would happen if we all were in one building together sharing our incredibly different backgrounds and our incredibly different stories, our incredibly different techniques and all the things that make us these really unique artists that see dogs in a certain way. And anyway, so that's kind of how this 
was born. And what this is, is Shudderhound. Listen, here comes the confetti. Here comes the glitter. (laughs) Turn on the neon lights. Woo! I gave you my deep voice. (laughs) I love it. I love it. I'm not going to sing because no one will continue listening to this podcast. (laughs) Fair enough. Spare us all. Um, I was just in Las Vegas for WPPI um, where I was speaking for Canon, which was very cool. But I like lost my voice pretty good over the course of the three days of like screaming at the trade show. (laughs) So anyway, I sound a little bit raspy today, but that's okay. But anyway, so Shutterhound is a conference. It is... Uh, a dog photography conference. It's like a completely niche, completely specialty. Um, it's going to be taking place for the first time ever in Las Vegas, Nevada, later this year at the Mirage Resort and Casino. And it is going to be just that, like my absolute dream lineup of all these crazy, amazing talents in one room from all over the world. So we're sparing no expense uh, getting the like top talent in the world to come. We have instructors from Australia, New Zealand, Germany, Scotland, um, all across the U.S. It's ridiculously epic. And the instructor list is up now, right? It is up now. So if you go to shutterhoundconference.com, you'll learn everything you need to know there. But basically right on the main page, if you just scroll down just like half a page, you'll start to see that like speaker list populate. Yep. And it is like bananas. I mean, Nicole Begley will be there sharing all of her magical knowledge on business. Oh, on I have some new, some new talks I'm putting together for this because I'm like, oh, None of my same old, same old won't do for Shutterhound. It is going to be so good. Ah, I'm so excited. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, we have um, Charlotte Reeves uh, and Craig Turner-Bullock from Unleashed Education. They'll be there. Um, We have Ewan Shane from Muttley's Snaps in Scotland. We have Alicia Zimsarowska. She taught me how to say it from Poland, who is the like... (laughs) Is one of the most unbelievable, like living artists in our industry. I can't mm-hmm. get over her work. She's incredible. She's inspired an entire generation of dog photographers that have come after her. I mean, there's she she inspired an entire continent. <laughs> you know, basically, <laughs> <laughs> any a lot of the world. Work- Yes, yeah, I yeah, think so. for sure. I feel like a lot of the work yeah. that comes out of like Europe looks yep, a lot agreed. like her. It's like in her style that she kind of came up with when she was, oh gosh, 17, 16, 17 years wow, old. Yeah. She's so young still. I mean, I think she's 26, 25, 26 now. Um, we have Elke Vogelsang from Germany. Uh, she is so, she's been my favorite dog photographer since day one. I mean, when I would be interviewed early in my career, in the first few years of my career, uh-huh, I say, remember. You know, yeah, like who's your favorite dog photographer? Like who's your other, you know, if someone wanted to look up another dog photographer, who would you suggest? It was always Elka. Um, yeah. So she's coming. Um, we've got Alex Kearns from Australia, who's a freaking powerhouse photographer and businesswoman. I'm so excited um, for you to meet her. I mean, the list goes on and on. We just yesterday, I'm so excited about this. We announced Carly Davidson, who is the photographer behind the wildly viral Shake series, yep. which is um, these photographs of dogs basically like shaking off water like in studio on a, on a typically on a back black drop. So you can see like all the, you know, like the, the little droplets of water, like frozen in midair all around the dog. And she's done like, you know, some crazy breeds like, um, 
really, really fun, like flappy face breeds. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know yes. what I mean? Like mastiffs yep. and yep. poolies and things where like there's a lot of motion and she's just incredible. Um, we, I, I mean, the, uh, the list quite literally goes on and on. Um, I well, am I so want to talk to Andrew Knapp, who does the Finding Note Momo books, because uh, my horse is named Morocco and I call him Momo. So I think we need a spinoff series of Finding My Momo. Oh my gosh, that's so beautiful. <laughs> Andrew Knapp is so unbelievable. He he created a series, yeah, called Find Momo. And I was probably like, it probably went like crazy viral, like 10 years ago, maybe. And ever since then, he's had this series going where he seems to put out, put out a book every year or two uh, in the Find Momo series, which is him traveling around uh, America, North America, because he's from Canada, and in his van, living in his van, kind of traveling to epic places with his dog and photographing his dog in these like wild landscapes. But he does it in such a way where it's kind of like, where, where's Waldo? Yeah, <laughs> you know? I love it. You I love this it. Huge landscape and you see little Momo with his little eyes peeking over the top of like a <laughs> cactus or something. You know, it's just darling. And I mean, he is such a powerhouse. He's got like 650,000 followers or something on Instagram. So he's very, very well loved. And he's incredibly kind. He's one of the nicest people I've ever met. We've got um, Sophie Gamond, who is a- another personal idol, like proper hero of mine. Uh, she's the one who had the Pitbulls and Flower Crowns right. series go incredibly viral. Uh, that's called Pitbull Flower Power. But she's also, um, you know, written uh, three or four books. So basically what this is, is if you go to like a Barnes and Noble, for example, if you are listening to this from outside the U.S., Barnes and Noble is like our biggest bookstore chain. So you, if you go into Probably a Barnes and Noble... the only remaining one. <laughs> I know it is. It is. If you go there and you go into the like dog book section... This is basically a who's who of those book titles that are on the shelves there in the bookstore, because I think I, I think everyone on the lineup, except maybe one or two people are authors, including yourself, Nicole. Yeah. Yeah. That's so crazy. Wild. Oh, my so, gosh. It's going to be so just uh, absolutely incredible. I can't wait. And the mirage where it's taking place is so cool. I absolutely love Las Vegas. I know Las Vegas, believe me, I realize Las Vegas can be, you know, a bit of a polarizing place because it's so busy. There's so much energy and it's, we're finally, you know, the world's opening back up again and everybody's getting back into groups and like, what an amazing electric feeling to be in a group of your same people, like your Mm -hmm. people where you feel so inspired, you feel so moved and motivated. And so it's really awesome to be able to be together again. But the mirage, we looked at like four or five venues in Las Vegas and the Mirage like won by a landslide because it is going to be such a special home for Shutterhound and they have such a beautiful the venue is like brand new and so just bright and airy and clean and and also they have a gorgeous pool area which is where we're going to hold Junie my dog's name by the way if you guys don't know is Junie and she has three legs so she famously can't swim so this party is called Junie's VIP no swimming poolside party. <laughs> and the tagline is Juni can't swim and neither can you. <laughs> it's hysterical. So you guys, whether you're like, actually, like, oh, I don't know. I definitely, even if you already have plans and you can't come to Shutterhounds, you're not even going to look at the website. No, no, no. Go read the website because it is the funniest, like just, I was actually looking in last night, just cracking myself up and like, I I'm going spoiler alert. I'm already going. And I was reading it all and I'm like, Oh my God, I'm dying. It was so funny. <laughs> so go read it, check it out. And if it speaks to you hundred percent should join us real quick, and then we'll actually start getting to our five mistakes. <laughs> I promise <laughs> we're bringing those for you guys, but 
there is a big deadline coming up um, in about 10 days from when this will air. And what is that deadline? Oh, 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 oh 10 days from when this will air? My yeah, gosh. Right. The, you are good. You guys are good. You are quick over well, here at Hair of the Dog. 21. That's 10 days. <laughs> that's easy math. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. Actually, good job. <laughs> Super smart, my friend Nicole Begley here. Um, yeah, so they're right, currently right now for Shutterhound, we have the early bird pricing going on. That is only – that started in – January and is only going until the end of March. Um, so March 30, how many days are in March? 30, 31, 31. 31 you just said that. Okay. March 31st is the last day to get the current pricing before it bumps up to the regular pricing. So obviously a great time. Like if you're serious about going, then obviously just, you know, save that money. $200 difference. I think God, don't quote me on that. I'm terrible that I don't know. <laughs> I do believe, though, it is $200 savings if you buy it um, before the early bird pricing ends. And uh, there will be... So what happened was on launch day, we were totally blown away. We we got, I mean, such a crazy response on launch day, which was on January 1st, that we sold out of our entire Mirage room block at the hotel. So we ended up... We were just there, like I said, for WPPI, where I was speaking for something else. So we got to meet up with our team at the Mirage, and they opened up a... a, a like an extended oh, room block for us. So nice. we have a we have a little bit more now so that people can actually stay on site because it sold out so quickly on the first day. So that's a, a little bit of a part of why you just want to make sure you get on it so you can stay at the actual hotel. But, um, oh, I had something else to say and I forgot because my brain moves at 100,000 miles an hour. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So when, uh, when we opened it on lunch day, there was a special VIP ticket option. There was limited though because the VIP ticket includes a like private one-on-one portfolio review with any instructor of your choice, but each instructor only has so many slots, you know what I mean? So that sold out within quite literally six minutes of us opening. Um, But now that we've announced a couple... I can't believe it. I'm so blown away by that. It's crazy. But now that we're uh, announced a couple of new speakers since the launch day, those speakers will have their VIP slots being going up for sale. Um, but there are a number of people waiting on a list to get those spots. Yeah. However, if you do look on the early bird and you want to get that, but you're interested in a VIP as well, just shoot us an email at info at shutterhoundconference.com. We'll make sure you're on the short list to know when the VIP opens up. So if you want to upgrade, you can. But I think there's only like six Oh, no, I think there's like eight more coming. But okay. um, yeah, I, there are, I, there may be more than eight people on the list already. I have to double check. <laughs> kind of <laughs> Sam, my partner Sam is kind of the one that's on top of all the actual nitty gritty of everything. But anyway, just email us if you have any questions about that. But that is uh, that I am so excited. I could throw up everywhere, glitter and rainbows and magic I mean- puke. How many heads will explode in Vegas, do you think? I think quite a few. <laughs> I know. Mine for sure. Mine definitely. We have all kinds of surprise stuff, too, that's going to be happening that we haven't, like, announced yet or anything. So just just you stay tuned. I can't wait. This is going to be the most epic event for dog fo- photographers to ever exist. And I can't believe my dream, by the way, the one that woke me up every night at, like, 2.30 a.m. going, oh, my God, how can I get all these people in one place together for 10 years? Now, I can't believe it's finally coming true. I truly can't. It's amazing. <laughs> I am it's so amazing. excited. <laughs> it'll be incredible oh my gosh all right guys go check it out go check it out um we'll remind you at the end of this podcast and all the links will be in the show notes as well but um we should start diving into our five biggest mistakes that we have made in our dog photography journeys yes um, because famously yeah. the podcasts with me on them go too long <laughs> don't they <laughs> no 
Oh. Which is why Venus has to speed me up when she edits me. <laughs> no, no one speeds you up. You do that all, right. all on your own. Oh, that's natural? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, it's actually funny. I listen to, if you guys don't follow Kaylee's Adventures in Dog Photography podcast, um, it's fantastic. I was honored to be the very first guest. And so I was listening to that one and we recorded it when we were in Spain. And... um. <laughs> The intro that you guys recorded for that one was like 25. I mean, it was highly entertaining because <laughs> it was I, it was it was hysterical. Totally worth it. But I'm like, wow, this is an intro. Yeah, so, <laughs> that's yeah, right. One one night I was like, Sam, oh, we don't have a lot of time tonight. We got to make this one quick. We we really have so much to do right now. Like we, it's crazy the amount of plates we're spinning with like our business, <laughs> right? with photography, with Shutterhound, with all the stuff I'm doing for Canon. So I was like, all right. Just like 45 minutes. And and literally that one was two full hours long. <laughs> that was my attempt at being fast. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. Well, I'm going to keep us on track. Boom. Five Boom. mistakes. Um, I think we should just go back and forth. Do you want to go? hundred percent. So what we're going to do, here's the style. Yep. We are going to oh, okay. start at number five. Okay. We're gonna, okay. So it goes from five to one, one being the most, the worst mistake that we have ever made and slash kind of like the lesson we learned from it. Right. Because like when I first started in dog photography, like we said at the beginning of this episode, there really wasn't anyone to talk to about it. There wasn't mm -hmm. anyone to learn from, you know, it was kind of like stabbing in the dark a little bit <laughs> and hoping you kind of hit a target here and there sometimes. And, you know, we kind of had each other, but like we were both so new that we didn't really right. have a lot of advice for each other yet. You know? So I thought, my God, how amazing would it be if, you know, like I could go back in time and hear someone tell me like, all right, here are the worst five mistakes that I've made. So you don't have to make them. So just learn for listen to this. And then here's the lesson that we kind of got from it and what we changed going forward. So yeah, we'll start at our number five, we'll cut down to number one. Um, and I might just have a few honorable mentions that I couldn't fit on my list because I've made a lot of mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> haven't we all haven't? We all? All, right. all right, you start number five. Okay. Number five, Duh -duh -duh -duh. shooting and people's backyards because oh my god this is on my list <laughs> the cojones to tell them no a hundred percent this nicole exact thing is on my list exactly 100 the exact same thing is on my list so see there you go don't shoot in people's backyards now i'm sorry you continue because i have a million things to say but i'll wait till i get to my okay. to it on All my right, list that's good. i mean this isn't a hard and fast because some people's backyards they live on like five acres of amazing gorgeous forest yeah 100 i'll shoot in their backyard but i will not shoot in the like suburban backyard with the white fence and you know i just and before I was, oh, nervous. Like I wanted to please my clients and I didn't have enough confidence in the fact that like <laughs> I'm responsible for creating the outcome that they hired me for. And sometimes I need to just tell them, no, if you want it to look like this, we can't go there. <laughs> so, um, and now in fact, actually, I just tell them, you know, I, I don't shoot in backyards. Uh, I will Google sometimes their, if they want to, I'll say, oh, let me look into it. And I'll like kind of Google their address and Google maps it. And you can kind of get an idea. And if it is a big, beautiful property, I will, I will say yes, but otherwise. Mm -mm. Nope. 100%. Oh my God. This is so exciting. Okay. Because <laughs> these lessons are real, right? Because the same exact thing for me. So, okay. Mine came slightly later in my list. I have that as my number two, actually. So it was pretty high up there. But um, it's okay because I have a million things. So I'll switch out my two. Uh, one time. Okay. This is so funny. I had so many bad 
backyard experiences at the beginning because I I echo every single sentiment that you you had uh-huh. where you're so grateful to people for just hiring you at all. They're like, right. yeah, whatever, okay, like whatever you want, you know. Like you're so amenable and you're so like sweet and polite and to a fault though, you know. Like you yep. you kind of like have to understand that you are the expert, like you are the master of your craft, right? And you need to, in the politest kindest way possible, to kind of dictate how that shoot's going to go because it falls on nobody else except for you what those Mm -hmm. final images look like I had so many shoots in a row at the beginning maybe say in the first year where I would go to someone's you know house and in the backyard they would have they'd like yeah we I have a really nice backyard let's do it back here like the dog's comfortable here all this I'd go into the backyard and there'd be like it'd be like maybe like you know March and so they're like there was like this old closed up pool like off season pool (laughs) with like the pool cover on it dead leaves (laughs) in the corner and like dead plants in the planters oh yeah and like bad like like children's disused like playground materials <laughs> like you know what I mean like and you like, can make magic here right <laughs> oh my god so bad and you realize like you shoot it and shoot it and shoot it and do the best you can while you're cringing inside your head and then later you go to deliver a gallery and you're like yeah there's like a plastic you know a bright yellow plastic like ball in the background or a tarp in the background right. of every photo what am I doing like obviously this isn't ideal um but I will say one time I had a client who suggested their black backyard. And this was like maybe two years in where I was starting to get a little more confident. So I was like, actually, I don't really offer sessions in people's backyards. Like we really have to go to like a park or a special like bespoke place that we curate, you know, and all this. And they kind of insisted. And I was kind of like, no, I got to stand my ground. I'm not doing this anymore. So I was like, no, I can't go there. And then finally, I don't, I think they wanted to not to be humble. You know what I mean? But they were finally like, listen, I live on like ocean cliffs. Like I live. And I was like, wait, what? So I like Google Maps their house Uh they quite literally lived in like a 10 to 15 million dollar mansion directly on the ocean with like like ocean spray like white caps coming like never mind we can shoot there your backyard yes also can i bring clients to your home (laughs) seriously there were like these rocks in the ocean there was like this amazing like manicured lawn with like flowers everywhere looking over the ocean and i was like oh my bad so yes don't shoot in people's backyards unless they happen to have a 10 million dollar estate in which case you're fine (laughs) (laughs) yes oh my gosh I love it all right well what was your number five okay so my number five is set super clear boundaries part one so this gives you a little hint that part two might be coming later (laughs) part one and this is if your policy is that like you don't photograph families for example or like large Mm. groups of people or children be really clear about that. You can say, like, I am a dog photographer. You may or may not allow people to jump into a shot or two with their dog if you want, like, a nice owner dog portrait. But you, if you're, like, not interested in shooting, like, big family shots where everyone's got, like, matching clothes or whatever, then you can say that, you know? But again, at the beginning, very similar sentiment to what you were saying about the backyards is, again, I was just so grateful to my clients that I was just like, yeah, anything you need, you know, kind of thing. And I wasn't very strong in my boundaries. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people that was like a wet noodle you know what I mean like people could sense that from a mile away and like they'll walk all over you you know so I had this one shoot once where this girl booked for a a German Shepherd puppy and I was really excited about that it was again like kind of earlier in my career I was like oh I got a puppy like a puppy yeah ah, I rarely get to do puppies ah." and and I this was at the time 
currently now I shoot with Sam, who's my partner in life and my partner in business. So I always have at least one other, other person with me, like assisting on location. But this is back when I was always alone. I didn't bring anyone. I was totally by myself. So I roll up um, to the shoot location. We, you know, we plan where to meet and everything. And I'm so excited. I have everything ready. I have my peanut butter, my treats, all my crazy dog stuff, right? For the this German Shepherd puppy. And then I roll up to the location and I get there. And like, it was a little bit busy of a parking lot. You know what I mean? So I was like kind of trying to eye out where my client right. was. And really all I knew to look for was the puppy. It was pre- going to be pretty obvious, right? A German Shepherd puppy. So I'm like looking around. And when I, when I'm, I get to the main part of the park, there's all these groups. There's lots of groups. It was like a Saturday, right? So there's like picnics and like there's a lot of people. So I'm like, man, I don't see a German Shepherd puppy anywhere. And, you know, in my head, I'm looking for like maybe a woman and a dog or maybe a woman and like her partner and their dog or something. Very simple group. Well, I see this group of people and I'm not kidding you. And I say like 14 people and they were all dressed matching. They were all matching. Like they had jeans and like a beige shirt. They all had the same. They looked like they were in a cult or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I was like, oh, and I looked at them and I thought, oh, some poor sap of a, t- of a photographer is going to show up that's and that's going to be their client. <laughs> and I was like, that sucks. That's my nightmare. I never want to photograph like a huge family group. It's not my forte. I'm not interested in that. So anyway, I look past them like, thank God, you know, and I'm looking for the dog. And then suddenly I glance back towards that group and this little tiny German shepherd puppy peeks his face out from between the legs of the 14 people. And I'm like, oh my God, can I swear on this podcast? <laughs> yeah, sure, go for Holy it. Holy shit. <laughs> I am in trouble. So I'm like, no, I'm by myself. What do I do? So I go over there and I meet the woman and she's like, oh my God, Kaylee. And I'm like, oh no. And then I'm thinking, I'm like, um, so hi. So like, you know, gently being like, what's going on here? And she's like, oh, yeah. So my family thought they would come along. We thought we would do some family portraits as well. You know, on top of th- I'm like, oh, no. And I didn't know what to say. And I was by myself. Right. So you're just like, OK. But I felt so used. I felt so like my boundaries were so broken and overstepped in that moment. And I realized later that like I kind of was my fault because I wasn't like exceptionally strong on the fact that that's not what I do. And it was awkward. Those lessons are the lessons that teach us like, oh, well, this obviously needs to go in my client education now. Yes, (laughs) exactly. This is something that I say to different clients of, hey, just you, your like your immediate family, who are we photographing you, your husband, your dog? Great. That's the only people that should come. Or exactly. unless maybe they have three exactly. dogs. Yeah, you can bring one helper to help handle dogs. That's it. Like a hundred percent. Yeah. And like, I, and I, you know, and I ended up just like sucking it up and doing it. And I, you no, know, you almost of- have to at that point though, right. you know, cause yeah, it's, it's like, it becomes a lesson there. on us of like, well, okay. Mental note for next time. I need to say no to this before. <laughs> even, right. you know, even though they exactly. didn't necessarily it was, ask. It was, yeah. it was kind of on me. So uh, I ended up spending the next, you know, close to three hours dealing with freaking family shots and posing people like, listen, that is not what I do. And I'm not good no. at that. So that was terrible. And then very quickly to add on to that is just, I'm kind of at this point in my career now where we have like a waiting list, we can really pick and choose our clients. I'm kind of a little bit of a stickler about no kids at my yeah. shoots as well. I know that makes me sound like a monster, <laughs> but I, you know, as you dog photographer, we all know that the energy is so important at a dog photo shoot and kids as like adorable as they can be and as fun as they can be to photograph sometimes with dogs, their energy is usually off the freaking charts. And it usually is very, very hard to deal with 
all of that energy with a child as well at the yeah. photo shoot. So usually I say, you know, if your kid is like out of the stroller, then I'd really prefer you have them wait at home with like a grandparent or a babysitter or whatever. Um, so I'm pretty, pretty serious about that now. But uh, that's my number five. I love it. All right. Okay. Number four. Number four. My number four is my mistake was always thinking that I'm too expensive. Ooh, that's such a good one. Yeah. I mean, how many times have you looked at your price list and you're like, oh, oh, I'm too expensive. No one's going to pay this. Or when you get the inquiry that gets back to you and it's like, no, it's too expensive. And then you just question all your life decisions and you start to go down like, oh, they're right. I'm never going to make it. I'm going to starve. No one's ever going to hire me again. Oh my God. I should lower my prices. What am I doing? Like I should just give it all away. Maybe I should just do an all-inclusive with Justin Digital. Is it like, you know, like 500 bucks? What's just 500 bucks? And you just go into the spiral of just questioning everything. And we've all been there. And so couple of different things for that is if you are starting to find yourself questioning this, number one, have you done the proper work to like actually figure out what you need to charge to be profitable? Like, do you know your cost of doing business? Do you know what your cost of goods sold are? Do you know what your profit margin is? Like, how much money do you need to make to reach your goals? How many hours are you taking? What's your hour per rate? If you need help doing all of these, come to the academy. This is like my jam is to break down your business and your pricing and all the things. And then, okay, you know why you're pricing that way. Because I think a lot of people, if they are feeling like I'm too expensive, it's probably because they didn't do this math in the front end of it to realize like, oh yeah, okay, it is expensive, but it needs to be to reach my goals. Like they might've just pulled some numbers out of thin air. So they're like, well, what am I doing? And then the other piece of that is who gets to decide what expensive is like what's expensive to one person is not expensive to another. So we don't get to make that decision. We just put our prices out there, share what the value is and let people make a decision if they are going to spend it or not. 100%. Absolutely. Everything you said is so spot on. And you personally fixed me years ago. You oh, fixed I my yelled at you, and you a lovely, had, in a nice support. You had way. a nice sit down, a serious sit down with me <laughs> and you helped me fix and rearrange everything. And I mean, I am so grateful for that because I am absolutely 100% the, um, you know, the, the victim of that same thing where like, I am not my client. So I have mm-hmm. to stop thinking of, of it from my like broken money mindset background. Um, and now, now we just raised our prices again and sit, and we've got the lowest price to even get in the door. Now it's $8,000. Whoa. I know. Oh my gosh. I want to take that price list back to 2016 Kaylee sitting there on that table in uh, Barcelona at our yep. fancy little house for Barcelona and see what 2016 Kaylee would say to that. I know she would be appalled, appalled <laughs> and her head would pop off of her body with the, all of the, a mixture of rage and joy <laughs> <laughs> and proper disbelief. It's crazy though. It's crazy, it. you know, and probably in 2016, I think I was charging four or 500 bucks like for a session. And then you'd have like the prints yeah. of products after. Right. And now we uh-huh. do a bit of a different model. So it's like all inclusive, like a yeah. wedding photographer, but Nicole came up with that idea. So thank you. God bless you. 
<laughs> I love it. I, <laughs> I will take that challenge on any day. And may, I, I love uh, an extreme makeover pricing edition. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Heck yeah. And that's why you got to come see Nicole Begley at Shutterhound, the conference, September 5th, 6th, and 7th. That's right. Because we're going to put some more money in your pockets. And there might be a dance. Yeah. Oh, God. I hope there's a dance. We're all banking on a dance from Nicole. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right. All what's right. your number four? All right. Number four, set super clear boundaries, part two. <laughs> and part two is this, which was my issue for the longest time, because again, I didn't have any like boundaries because I wanted to be so sweet and so lovely to everyone, which was I personally didn't do in-person sales. So I had put my images up in galleries online for my clients. I do a lot, a lot, a lot of travel work. So I'm like all over the country, sometimes all over the world. My sessions are not like close to home all the time. Sometimes they are, but usually not. So I was, IPS was kind of weirdly out for me. So I put them up in a gallery. Let's just say, for example, like a pixie set gallery and I showed them to my clients. And back in the day, I wouldn't even say that they had to pick within a certain time. I just like, here's your gallery. And then they'd be like, oh, thank you. And then like, goodbye. <laughs> like they would just disappear. I mean, really eight out of 10 people <laughs> would just- Is dis- this thing on? Anyone? <laughs> Hello? <laughs> they would disappear off the face of the earth. And it was, again, really my fault because I didn't put any, you know, like a boundary timeline of like, listen, you ha- now we say you absolutely have to pick within seven days. And if you don't pick within seven days, here's the, you know, basically these right. are the repercussions. These are the next steps. And really the biggest repercussion, yes, there's quote unquote a gallery upload, re-upload fee, which to be honest, we've never ever charged, but at least they know it's there. And then also the other thing is that at this point in time, because we're so busy with dog breath photography, we say, if you don't order within your timeline, within your seven days, you then get put to the back of the queue. And the back of the queue typically takes nine months to a year for you to get your photos. Mm. And mm-hmm. usually that k- kicks people's ass into gear. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, ah, I just got to do it. Like I want my photos, you know? Um, so I do have people that still let it go even, even with that, but it's the percentage is tiny compared to yeah. how it used to be. This is a really quick example. I had, I used to not really have like a timeline on having people approve their artwork proofs. Mm-hmm. Oh, and actually, Actually, this could be a whole other bullet point in and of itself, but I used to not have artwork get like mm-hmm. approved by the client until I had issues with a couple of people sending things back going like, hey, what's that thing on the on the light pole way in the background of this photo of an alleyway in the in Boston? And I'm like, that's a light. It's the, the light is on in the inside the light pole or, you know, whatever inside yeah. the like the bulb is turned on and they're like, but why is it a circle? And I'm like, that's called bokeh. <laughs> like lights turn into circles when they're in the background. And I had to explain it. And then they're like, I don't want it. And then I would have to like change out a whole expensive acrylic or metal mm-hmm. or whatever because of my stupidity of not just like having them look at the damn thing before I print it. So now mm-hmm. I do that. But the point of that is that I used to not have a timeline on when they had to approve it. Most people would be mm-hmm. like, yeah, awesome. It looks great. Print it within a day or two. But this one guy that I had, he like got the pr- the proof for it. And it wasn't even a big deal. It was like a medium art piece. It wasn't a big deal. And he's like, oh yeah, thanks for sending that. I'll take a look at it like tomorrow. And I'm like, okay, tomorrow comes and goes. The next month comes and goes. The next month comes and goes. By the time he approved it, it was 10 months later. Wow. And, and you guys o- were following up. It's not like you sent an email and like, oh, okay, I'll never send one again. Yeah, like, exactly. You, yeah. We were following up like every two weeks maybe. Yeah. And then finally, I think what happened was Sam, who's kind of my studio manager, said, listen, 
if you don't approve it by this date where you forfeit like the art piece. And I don't even know that he could actually technically say that because I don't think that's in our contract, but that's something to learn going forward. You know what I mean? So like, whatever, I think that's what he finally said to get the guy to just do it. So then they get the art piece. And then the first thing we get is an email back from him going, Oh, I really wish I would have had a different frame on this or whatever, but he picked the frame. He approved the art piece after 10 months and goes, yeah, it all looks great. And then once he got it, he immediately had a problem with it. (laughs) It was was absolutely awful. But anyway, strong time limits, be serious about them. Set the expectation many times throughout the process Mm -hmm. at the beginning upon inquiry again at the shoot. When you see them again at the end of the shoot before you leave, like say it a lot. Um, Often it's okay to repeat it often in a very polite way as long as you're positive uh, about it because I don't think people intend to disrespect you like that but when time gets away from them I think they start to get almost like embarrassed to come back they're like oh right. my god yeah, I've 100%. let it go like six months I don't want to write her I'm yeah. nervous or whatever so just uh, just set up your boundaries so that your time is respected I love it I love it okay what are we on we're on three yep all right so my number three is um let go or my biggest mistake was a belief that every inquiry had to be my client. Oh, that's so good. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, you get the ones that you know are not a right fit, but for whatever reason of just like, oh, but I could really use that other client. Like I could use another client, not use that other client. That sounds terrible. You know what I mean? I could yep. use another <laughs> client in my schedule. Oh, but you know, sure. Yeah. Oh. And then when they would say whether it was the expense or this or that, you know, like it just became this personal thing of just like, uh, a reflection on their acceptance of me and my worth as a human, <laughs> oh my <laughs> whether gosh, people with you. booked me or not. And it took me a little while to figure out, okay, my worth is not tied to who's booking me and who's not booking me. And also if they are not a right client, let them go. <laughs> you know, like there is no reason to say yes to these extended family sessions with the puppy German shepherd. There's no reason to say yes to, I've had some of those where I'm like, oh yeah, okay. Like with adult children and the parents and the dog that is really like a all adult family shoot. I'm like, oh no, no. And same thing for people that maybe contact me and want a really specific style. That's not what I do. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, I'm sorry. I don't, I I don't do that. And if I know someone that does, I'll send that, that, uh, recommendation, but yeah, just not feeling like you need to book every single client inquiry that comes across your way. Oh my gosh. That is so beautiful. Uh, Preach it because I hear you on that because I have been the person that's taken the red flags on over the years being like, Uh Oh no, maybe it's just, we all have. Right. We've all taken the red flags and the ones yeah. we know were like, oh, God, yep. that's a big red flag. I'll take it anyway. And then you're yep. kicking yourself the 100%. whole time Every you're going time. through that whole process because you're like, I saw this coming. I saw this coming. Why did I say yes to this? It's yeah. like science. You're like, it's it's the science of a red flag is that if it exists at the beginning, it will just like amplify itself throughout. I <laughs> it's the law of the universe. <laughs> <laughs> one time I had a woman who offered me baked goods in trade for the shoot because she like worked at a bakery and she wanted to bring cookies. And she was like, that could be payment. Is that work for you? And I was like, whoa, I'm so sorry. Like, I really appreciate it. I do really like cookies. I'm a human being. I like cookies. But it's not how many cookies? 
fees would you have to bring to make up the value yeah, of a right. photo shoot? You know, it also like, what a weird thing to offer. That's kind of, I suppose if you're looking at it from like, if you were to ever ask something like that, you would know that that's incredibly like rude and presumptive, right. yeah. you know? And, but I was like, tried to be sweet. And then I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. I don't take cookies for payment, but I will take money. <laughs> And we did the shoot. And I mean, what do you think? How do you think it went? I mean, it was a nightmare. It was a nightmare. Everything was wrong. She didn't like the way her dogs looked in the photos. She's like, my dogs don't look like this. And I'm like, it's a photograph of your dogs. It's an actual photograph. I don't know what to tell you. It's not a painting. It's not a rendering. It's a photograph, a real uh-huh. life photo. So that's what your dogs look like. And, you know, and then it was just like, I want to get money back. And then wanted to cakes came into the uh, equation. More cakes. Could I give you some cakes for the prince? So it's the whole thing. <laughs> like, how many cookies and cakes do you think I eat? <laughs> so anyway, that was a red flag that I should have just well, stuck with being like, no, thank you. Yeah, I had one of those red flags. It was actually... Um, Oh, and I didn't have a choice. I had to still do the session because it was way back in the day. I was partnering with the Humane Society shooting their calendar. They were, it was like a weekly calendar. So they were partnering with a lot of the pet photographers in Pittsburgh at the time. Got ages ago. And so I had this one client um, for this project and she had, oh, I'm going to mess it up. Bouvets, Bouvets, yes, Bouvets. Um, I call them the final boss of impossible to photograph dogs. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that for sure. They have no eyes. Yeah. Um, but she had two of them, and they were show dogs. And okay. Apologies to anyone that's like in the show world out there. I know not everyone is like this, but in my experience, the people that come to me are definitely like really just like the the personality of their dog and like don't mind if it looks a little goofy. Um, but anyway, it was just like, and I think one of them, not all of them, because some of them I use my 70 and 200, which, you know, mm-hmm. keeps normal proportions. Mm-hmm. But I had a couple that were like with my 24. Right. And it was like, my dogs don't, that's, that is not a good reflection of the breed. I'm like, but look how cute your dog looks. <laughs> I know. But look at his stack. His stack is one <laughs> millimeter know. off. So, yeah, no. If there's, if the word stack's coming out, not I my know. client. Honestly, for me too, and I know there's probably people listening to this who are part of that world, and yeah, yeah. you know they're and in again, this show, and that's fine. You guys. Yeah, that's it's all fine, good. But I agree we're not with saying you. that's everybody at any I mean, for anything. Yeah, I'm shooting every dog portrait at 11 millimeters, so I totally agree with you. <laughs> Those aren't really not my people, um, and yeah. that's okay. You know, like you said. Um, okay, so for uh, let's see, for the next one, I'm on number three. Number three is don't spend too long on a shit shot. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> yes. Admit that it's not working and move on, which I, I struggled with for so many years, right? Because you're on the shoot, right? You mm-hmm. get, you get, you roll up to the location. You're all nervous. You're excited. Woo, your heartbeat's gone. You're, flut- you're fluttering like a butterfly. And you, you get there and you look around and you're kind of like, okay, I've got to come up with some stuff pretty quickly. Like I got to look like I know what I'm doing, right? Because they've hired me. They spent like a decent amount of money on this. You want to like prove right away that you're like good and you're a master, right? And sometimes right away you knock it out of the park and it works out, right? And then sometimes you have a shot idea. You're like, okay, I think, you know, this spot over here, the light's going to look good. I've got this lens. I think I can do render this scene to look a certain way and it's going to be awesome. Or you want to put a dog up on a log or a rock or whatever. Whatever your idea is, if you go to try it and it's just like trash and you're like, oh my God, this is so bad, right? Like mm-hmm. I, I thought it was going to look a certain way. It's just not coming out. Like there's a bad highlight in the background. You know, you work so hard to get the damn dog up on a rock and then finally you realize that you're kind of a dum-dum and you've picked the wrong spot, right? <laughs> 
I think it's, I used to really struggle and I'd like pretend. I just sit there and pretend. Uh I just pretend that I'm like, okay, all right. It looks good. You know, meanwhile, you're wasting the dog's energy. You're wasting like your energy and time, right? Because you Mm -hmm. only have so much time at the shoot. Um, and your light's fading and you're kind of like just to save face. You're like, okay, this yeah. is fine. And you work on it for like 10 minutes or whatever, even though in your head you're like, that's not going in the gallery because that's not worth anything. I think it's okay to like be a little like funny and self-deprecating as a joke and just be like, oh, that was terrible. <laughs> like yeah, you can joke 100%. like that and you can move on right away. You can tell your client like you can just joke and be like, oh, it's my first day with a camera <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> Do that all the time when I always like go to shoot and I stole my lens cap. I'm like, ah, first day. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Right. That really inspires confidence in everyone, you know, but I just think, you know, it's okay to just be a person and have personality. And like, Mm -hmm. if it doesn't work, don't overcommit. Cause I even still at my shoots, I I sometimes do it. Like I just feel embarrassed that I had this big idea that I talked up and then I said how I was going to do it and it was going to be amazing. And then it really wasn't amazing. And so I sometimes try to save face by staying there for like five minutes, but it's okay to just cut your losses with it and just move on to a better shot. And I will sometimes actually, this is a good one. And it actually reminded me one of the other ones. It's like my, didn't make my list, but should have is when you're at a shoot at the beginning, I thought that if I slowed down for half a second, my client would obviously see that I have no idea what the hell I'm doing. (laughs) Yes. That is such a good point. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, because yeah. your, your heart's like flittering. Like you're like almost mm-hmm. like in an excited panic. We had yep. the most wonderful person at our Hound Vision in Lake Tahoe, the Hound Vision workshop that we taught in Lake Tahoe, Barbara. If you remember, you, I'm sure you remember her. She was yeah, like, yeah. just a darling. I loved her. And when we got to the first shoot that we were doing, it was so exciting because the location was insane. The dogs were amazing. And we were all so excited. And there was such an energy. And then Barbara looks over at me and she's like, oh, I can't feel my arms. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, wait, are you okay? And she's like, no, I'm just so excited. I'm panicking. And I was like, oh my God, you remind me of myself at Uh every shoot. It's totally like what you said. I don't really slow down. I'm like panic excited. So I want to like get going and like get all these like award-winning shots right off the bat. But like you said, it's a hundred percent fine to like cool down and like think about it. Yeah. And if you're like feeling uninspired, you don't know where to go next. Like maybe you have that panic excitement, but maybe you also have the actual panic panic where you're like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. Well, and I think kind of that same at that first Hound Vision shoot, the light was hard. It was, it was tough. It was still really bright until that sun got a little bit lower. So like you can then get there and be like, oh, I need to make something magical happen. This happened to me with a client here in North Carolina last summer. And I had found this little spot on the lake and it was October and it was effing magic. It was like golden, drippy, gooey sunlight through the trees and the water. And it was just like, oh my God, it's so amazing. We need to go back there. So we packed up from the one part. We had to go around like this little arm of the lake to this other spot. And we got there and it was June, not the fall. Oh yeah. Right. Nicole, the sun moves. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. It used to be behind the trees. was now like, boom, straight across the lake. And I'm like, Oh. oh, and I just like packed it up and moved him over. And we walked like, you know, 10 minutes back into the park to get to the secret spot. That's going to be amazing. Oh, perfect. But- you sold it. <laughs> I know. And I got there. I'm like, well, I can't turn around now because there's certain things when you're like going to set up something on this rock or this or that. And you're like, and I could sometimes I'll be like, I have an idea. I don't know if I'm going to like it yet, but let's try it. So that way it like leaves me like, oh no, this is crap. Let's move on. But right. that one, I was like, oh, it's going to be amazing. So we got there and I'm just like. 
all right, Silhouette City, here we go. Boom. <laughs> and it was amazing. And that's what they ended up purchasing for their big wall piece. But yeah, it's got to roll with those punches. Sometimes. Yeah. Oh my Be gosh. Be careful what you yeah. promise. <laughs> that's such a real life example of exactly that. Exactly. That's too funny. So yeah, that's my number three. Don't spend right, too cool. long on a shit shot. <laughs> I love it. All right. Number two. Number two. Um, well, this is a big one. Oh, I'm excited. Oh, looking at only at pet photography for <gasps> inspiration when you're starting out. This is so good. This is this almost made my list. This, I thought about this one, but this is so good. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. You'll get so stuck in a box if you do that. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, there is so many other places. There are. Let me use proper grammar. There are so many other places that have tremendous inspiration from movies and TV shows. And I, when I first started, because I didn't understand lighting and the nuances of photography enough when I was first starting out, people would say that and be like, huh, I I don't get it until you're starting to watch certain things. And you're like, Oh, look how they lit this scene. Oh, look at the tonality in this scene. Oh, you know, like there was one, uh, gosh, I don't even know how old this movie is. Probably early two thousands. The movie traffic, um, oh, that's a cool movie. Yeah. 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 And like every different scene had this like color grading. Yes. So it was like this was blue and then this was orange. And it was just like, it was so cool. And my other favorite for inspiration on lighting is, um, oh, what is it? It was Netflix uh, with Kevin Spacey. The uh, Oh, House, House of Cards. Cards. That's yeah. your favorite one. Yeah. It was, right. I mean, the lighting that they would use in the yeah. West Wing and the residence. Yeah. Oh, my God. I would pause sometimes just be like. That is gorgeous. Right. Um, like deconstruct it. Like what yeah. is it that's so magical about this? It's, yeah. Yeah. It was just absolutely beautiful. So, you know, there's so many different ways. I actually have my students do this for like trying to kind of figure out their style. Because here's the mm-hmm. thing. When we're starting out, like we don't know anything. We're just like, Definitely. I don't know. I see something that I like. So I feel like I should do that. But there's so much more like it's okay to be like, okay, I like this and I like this and I like this and then start learning how to do the different things. But then you start mixing it up and you start making it your own. And then you're creating this whole different brand of magic that no one else can touch. And so I tell people when they're putting together their inspiration images, that it's not allowed to have animals because I feel like when it has the dog, you have this un, un, um, What's the word I'm looking for? Like subconscious. Yeah, you have a subconscious bias towards it because you're automatically going to like it because of the subject matter. But like maybe you're like, okay, let me look for newborn images I love. Like, yeah. "Mm -hmm." I don't have, I have two kids and I have no bias towards like a newborn image because that (laughs) ship has sailed. That's what I like about you. (laughs) (laughs) Not happening. Like you can take Nicole, you're going to photograph a newborn and I probably would like scream and run away. (laughs) Like absolutely not. No. I Um, hear it. I know it. I love it. (laughs) Yeah. So like, can you look for genres that you're not inspired by the genre and look at photography from that genre and find images that you like. And then that starts to lead you towards what you like about that image. Yes, that is beautiful. That is, you couldn't have put it better. I totally agree. I feel very inspired by movies and and books and kind of what I can cook up in my imagination slash other genres of photography. Uh, Like I said, I was just at WPPI, which what is that? Wedding and Portrait Photographers International is what that? 10-4. Yes, I think. Ah, perfect. I never knew what that stood for, but I just guessed right now. So smart. <laughs> uh, but it's, you know, it's all wedding and portrait stuff, right? So I was the only like dog photographer there, really. Actually, not true. I did meet a couple other people coming to 
round. I was Yay! so excited. Um, but anyway, for the most part, right? Like I was on the trade show floor shooting at the Canon booth with dogs. And that was kind of weird and novel because this is really like wedding, a wedding yep. convention. But with that said, I mean, I went to, I went to as many classes as I could um, because I said to Canon, hey, if I'm there for you guys, do you mind if I get like a pass and then also like check out classes? And they're like, oh, sure. Like we'll get, we'll get you a pass. And it was so inspiring seeing yeah. these wedding photos, the way they're lit, the way they're composed, like the story, the location. It's like, holy shit, there is so much inspiration and so much talent out there in the photographic industry and the art industry and illustration movies, you know, so it's everywhere. Just try to look outside of your um, your genre, which is kind of would lead into my number one. So I'll save the rest of what I was going to say for my number one. So for now, I'll go to my number two because that's what that was, right? Yeah, perfect. Yeah. Okay. So number two was do not shoot in people's backyards. But since Nicole mentioned that already, which was amazing, it is going to be, I have so many, so I can just quickly sub another one in, which is, <laughs> which is say a price and then stop talking. Ooh, <laughs> I love that one. Because, okay, here's my That's biggest issue. <laughs> <laughs> this kind of goes back to the pricing one, too, for you. Like, it's, it's all around the same mindset. But for me, at my shoots, I used to, okay, so at the end of the shoot, I feel like communication is incredibly important, right? So I always spend like a good 10 minutes at the end of the shoot, wrapping up, you know, saying goodbye. Oh, what a wonderful day. What a success. And then moving on to just let it, re, you know, retelling them Again, how it all works. They already would have read it. They already would have signed a contract. But I always like to say, you know, and, and just so, you know, you're clear, the next steps are this. You know, the next steps are your gallery is going up. Your um, package includes this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want anything extra, it's, you know, you'll see the a la carte menu or whatever. Well, <laughs> if you let me talk for long enough, <laughs> everything is free. <laughs> you're like, never mind. And then we're going to get a discount here. And if you just like say, um, give me a call or send me a text and say, I really like a discount. And I'm going to give it all to you for free. And actually, you know what? I'm going to pay you. I'm going to give yeah. you a gift card to like really nice dinner. Um, so you, exactly. you can like talk about the album that you want to <laughs> You were like, literally couldn't be more dead on. It's so ridiculous <laughs> to the point where like Sam used to be with me, you know, at some of these and he would pinch me on the back of my arm when I started talking. And he's like, stop, it. <laughs> stop talking. Let me talk. He's really good at it. He's really, yeah. f- he's fine with saying a price and it very politely and like saying what happens next. And if there's money involved in that conversation, he's not weird about it. He doesn't like flutter and get skittish. And like, I just have a lot of weird issues with money as we know. So like I can remove myself from that conversation and like yeah. that's okay if you have another person who can talk about it if you prefer mm-hmm. to keep it to email where everything's written down you know and everything's clear like that's okay too just do whatever your style is but they say this in sales and negotiations they say he who talks first loses mm-hmm. <laughs> which is yep. me by the way because I can't stand silence I'm incredibly going. uncomfortable with silence yeah. so uh stop talking once you say the price that is my number two I love it. Absolutely. Okay. So good. So good. So good. All right. Number one. Number one. Here it is. The big guns, the big boy we've all been waiting for. Comparing my journey to others. Oh, massive. Boom. I mean, and that doesn't even matter what it is in life. But uh, 100% photography. I mean, I remember starting out and you'd see people like posting, oh, my fall's booked. Oh, this and that. Oh, boo, 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 boo. And whatever it was, it was like, oh, yeah, yes. And then all of a sudden you would feel like completely inferior. And meanwhile, maybe I'm comparing like my first fall with somebody that's been doing this for five years. Right. And 
also looking at same thing with like, oh, somebody just had a $8,000 sale. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, what were their costs on that sale? What does it cost to run their business? How many $8,000 sales have they had? You know, like, what are my costs? Like, you know, it just, it, you can't compare because you don't know the full story. It is so detrimental to your mental health in every way, (laughs) you know, to look at somebody else and think, oh my God, they have it all. Like they're so perfect. Quite literally, Nicole, yesterday I was talking to Sam about something. I can't remember something business related could have been Shutterhound. And I said, Nicole's so perfect. <laughs> oh, please. I don't, Meanwhile, I don't this morning, I'm like, oh my God, I actually had a team meeting with my team this morning. I'm like, you guys, I am the biggest bottleneck in this business. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, we're going to like figure out, you guys are going to own more things. Like, I just, we, I just, I'm sorry. Hang out. Just stick with me. <laughs> <laughs> see, and it's funny, right? Because you don't see that side from, you know, the public view of somebody is obviously, well, really not with you. You're not really too much like this, but when it comes to certain people on social media, it's very polished. It's very, you know, it's like a branded out, like everything's perfect. Like don't buy into it, you know, don't believe it. I mean, it's okay to like enjoy some like content people put out and all that, but just know that like never, not everything's perfect all the time and try not to compare. And I know people say this a lot. It's been a sentiment that's been kind of passed around for the past five or 10 years now because social media has become so incredibly detrimental to Mm -hmm. people's mental health. I mean, especially like girls and I I don't, I won't get too deep into it, but I was sitting on the plane on the way back from Vegas next to like a young ish girl. She was probably 18 or 19. And I could see her like scroll happening on Instagram. Mm -hmm. I was trying not to like spy or like look at her phone, but she was right next to me. So I'm like glancing down at what she's scrolling through. And it's like every post that she was scrolling through was like an Instagram model who had like giant fake jugs and huge Brazilian (laughs) butt lifts and tiny bikinis and, (laughs) you know, like ridiculous, not, not a single pore on their skin. And I'm thinking, God, looking at her feed, I'm thinking, God, that would destroy me me like if I followed yeah. that many like quote-unquote influencers like mm-hmm. lifestyle influencers or whatever I would not want to pick up my phone ever again that is so painful and like just I mean like it's so not real but you look at that and you're like wow like I'm never gonna look like that I'm never gonna accomplish that I'm never gonna have a house in mm-hmm. Greece on the blue ocean like this girl has or whatever which it's all you know fake and, and curated anyway but I just yeah, kind of felt reel. for her in those yeah. moments she had her head like slung really low like this really trash body language like you know what I mean like defeated and I'm like how could you not be defeated when every single post you're looking at is this like insane you know Brazilian model or whatever Um, and there's yeah say there's a difference between following things that you find inspirational like maybe you're following someone that is leading more the life you want or the business you want but the key is when you look at that feed do you feel better and inspired or do you feel not enough and if you feel not enough then you need to unfollow and you need to stop looking, <laughs> period. Yeah, it's true. Actually, I heard a really, really f- like um, fascinating stat recently, and it was talking about humans and you know where we come from as like cavemen, right? And the groups mm-hmm. that we associated ourselves with back in the caveman times. Right. And typically your social circle at that time was no more than like 10 or 15, something right. like that, right? So like that's what you are like equipped to kind of keep up with is like maybe uh-huh. 10, like your extended circle was like 15. Well, now we can see what any given human being is doing on the planet at 
anytime. So we're talking like millions and millions of people. We're seeing all their journeys all the time, whether it's freaking TikTok or Instagram, it's Facebook, it's movies, it's Netflix, it's Hulu, it's Peacock, it's whatever. There's so much stimuli. It's Mm -hmm. not normal for us to like look at like Joe Schmo and Marie Magoo and Jen Shaw and be like, I like I know what they're all doing. One lives in Illinois, one lives in freaking Germany and one lives in, you know, the Swiss Alps. And you should you shouldn't really be in tune to that many different lives happening all around mm-hmm. you because it's insanely overwhelming and it it really results in a in a lack or maybe a loss of like self identity like you don't know what you're right. supposed to be doing because you like, don't know well, how I guess to I fit could... into your tribe so you yeah, feel like exactly. I think you feel almost like you have to adjust so much to fit into all of these tribes because that's still that deep seated like if I don't fit in they're going to kick me out and I'm going to starve even 100%. though that doesn't yeah. Does it's not true anymore. <laughs> right. But it's that yeah. primal fear. It's mm-hmm. just like that human reptilian, yeah. you know, fear. And and so you're not, your brain is not hardwired to keep up with thousands and tens of thousands of people all at once mm-hmm. and see what everyone else is doing all the time. It's really yeah, it's quite detrimental to your to your mental health and your brain's like capacity to uh, understand what your role in all of this is, you know? Yeah. So just try to keep that in mind and like try to limit your intake of that stuff sometimes. Believe yeah. me, I yeah. fall and ask yourself when you're looking at things, ask yourself after you look at it, am I inspired or does it make me feel like at all icky? And if it makes you feel frustrated, not enough, dove, unfollow. There you yeah. like you don't you don't need to follow. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And so that leads me into my number one, right? Because you just did yours, didn't you? Yeah. Number one, number one. You waited all day for this. We finally come to the moment. So let me drag (laughs) it out a little more. Number one. Okay. All right. Here we go. Number one. My number one ties back a little bit into your, I believe, was your number two. And my number one is this. Take the shot that no one else is taking. And Mm. when I say that, I think when I was newer, I was really nervous to step outside of the box, the Mm. predetermined box for what pet photography or dog photography was at that time, which, like I said, you know, at the beginning, again, was that there weren't many dog photographers around. There really weren't. But in, in a way, it made it almost easier then to follow like the five people who were dog Mm -hmm. photographers and so you're looking at like what other people doing you're like oh okay this is how dog photography is supposed to be done this Mm -hmm. is the precedent that's been set by whoever right and so this is the standard this is the style these are the locations this is what you do with a dog photo like you put them in front of a colored graffiti wall or you put them on a rock in a forest or you know whatever right and so I was like a little nervous to trust like my artist's voice which was Mm -hmm. incredibly unique and it was incredibly scary that it was really different. Like what I wanted to do with dogs was really, really different, but it kind of harkens back to those times when I was a little kid and I wanted to like dress fun or, you know, maybe run the opposite way on the um, soccer field so I could actually score a goal and not be like inside the throng of children running in the wrong direction. But I was too scared of what other people would think, you know, I was, I would, you know, if I ever did step out a little, like kids are brutal, right? Like they right. make fun of me and they'd be like, oh, your shirt's weird. Why do you have sparkle shoes on? Like, you know, or whatever. And yeah, you'd be yeah. like, oh, oh got to get back in my box. You know, mm-hmm. it's safer here. And uh, I-, I think at the beginning I was afraid to like really try anything outside of that box. And then when I finally, finally did, which was about three years in, 
I, my entire life changed forever. The mm, first time I okay. ever took a shot that looked like this iconic kind of dog breath photography style, which has, you know, a very like kind of unique look. It's, mm-hmm. it's really like, uh, it defies a lot of rules. Let's just say that. Like there's a lot of rules, quote unquote, in photography that you're yep. not really supposed to break. Well, I was like, well, these are the rules and I'm not supposed to shoot anything wide angle and up close. And, you know, I'm not supposed to distort things. And I'm not, if I use lights, I'm supposed to use them. So there's nice shadows everywhere. I'm not supposed to just blast shadows right out of the subject you know whatever but this took a long time to kind of get to the point where we are with with the style now but I didn't even attempt to try it even though I had it in my head for three years because I was like Mm. this is not how you do dog photography so Mm -hmm. what I'm saying is like just take a shot that no one else is taking is it weird is it wild is it gonna get eyes on it good and bad are people gonna be like she's weird I don't know what she's doing over there that's pretty weird she's putting dogs in in sparkle pants that's weird (laughs) you know whatever (laughs) I hear a new series (laughs) right a sparkle oh my god that's a good series for Craig (laughs) Um, you know you want to make like crazy hats and do a hat you know whatever you want to do don't look at oh well no one you know someone's uh, gotta do you know hats before I can even think of putting a hat on a dog or whatever. It's like Sophie Gamon's series with the pit bulls mm-hmm. and flower crowns. You know, you had never seen that before. And then it came out and then suddenly everyone was putting dogs and flower crowns. And like, listen, there's nothing wrong with that. It's incredible. It's a beautiful look. It's amazing. But like, don't you want to be the first don't you want to be yeah. the first to do something? You know, I just think it's okay to do the scary thing and step outside that box that you like the little kids at the soccer field put you in when you were three or four or five and mm-hmm. step outside of it and do something weird. And yeah, people might point at you and look at you and they might say, oh, she's kind of a weird girl. She's a little odd. One time someone commented on a YouTube video of me that I had done a class for Kelby oh. one and they said, yeah, I don't know. I like her work and everything, but I just think she as a person is a little dot, dot, dot odd. <laughs> Dude, really I don't know who, who the people on YouTube are. Like, if you guys want to, like, test your resilience to, like, society and people being jerks, like, put a video up on YouTube and see what people comment. It's unbelievable. <laughs> like, who are these people? I know. <laughs> not odd. Why not be the strange one that's doing stuff that's never been seen before? You know, like I, I'll, I'll get off my soapbox in a second, but like we, you look at, like I said, Alicia's work. Zim Slav. Oh, I'm not. I shouldn't. I shouldn't try. She tried to teach me when I had her on the podcast, and then I could do it. I do this all the time with all of my like guests that have unique like foreign last names, and I'm like, yes, yes. Okay, I got it. And then I get on recording, and I'm like, never mind. Can you just introduce yourself? I'm sorry. The spotlight is nerve-wracking. <laughs> Zim Swarovska. And I know that because it's like Swarovski crystals. So I keep thinking of go. Swarovski, but it's Swarovska. Anyway, but, you know, she did something different. She did something totally different. And then, you know, it like everybody, I mean, tens of thousands of people have tried to emulate that style. And like, you know what? It's beautiful. I get it. It will get you clients. I get it. You know, if you shoot like any of like the iconic photographers, mm-hmm. whether dog or not, it'll probably get you clients. But like, do you want to be the fifth or 10th or 4,000th person that have done, mm-hmm. has done it? Why don't you want your own thing? I mean, that is where the magic lies, right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, to be fair, I really do think that's where like the massive success lies too in terms of if you're thinking about clients and you're thinking about running a very profitable business and you want it to be lucrative and you want to sort of subsist, mm-hmm. not even subsist, you want to thrive on it for the rest of your life, you have to have something that you came up with. And so yeah. that's where I think if I wish, if I would have taken that step outside the box sooner, then I think I'd be a lot farther along than I even am right now. So uh, take the weird shot. Just get weird. Get wild. That's my number one. Get crazy. 
And uh, come to Shutterhound and get crazy with us there. Please, please. I will be so excited to see you. Oh, my God. I'll be over the moon. September 5th, 6th, and 7th. It's at the Mirage uh, in Las Vegas and fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. I just did an <laughs> awesome shoot with some Afghan hounds at the Welcome to the Fabulous Las Vegas, I Nevada love, sign. Yes, Princess Cookie. Yes, oh, Princess Cookie. It. You, you know like, Princess that looks Cookie. like Princess Cookie. Yeah, it's Princess Cookie yeah. and Winston. You know they live in Vegas. These dogs modeled for us when we were in Lake Tahoe, but they actually yeah. live in Vegas. They drove to Tahoe ten hours, or I think it's eight, eight to ten hours, something like that. To Worth model it. Hound vision. But anyway, so I did. A, I did some cool shoots out there, um, just for like awesome, fun marketing kind of materials for Shutterhound for the conference. But I, I don't know. I, I would love to say that we're going to do it again someday. I don't know. I'm not using that at all as a sales tactic. I'm not sure. The amount of work that this is going to take us is going to be a full year of mm-hmm. eight-hour days getting this amazing once-in-a-lifetime event ready. So I don't know if we'll get to do another, but w- we know for sure this once-in-a-lifetime thing is happening. Our whole community is going to be there. Uh, we are so blown away by the response so far, so we'd love to make it like the most epic, most unforgettable party in the desert that you've ever been to. So come and join us at Shutterhound. Um, again, early bird pricing ends March 31st. If there is a 31st in March, which Nicole confirmed, confirmed there is. <laughs> so yeah, Friday. Uh, Friday, we'd love 31st. to have you with us. We'd be so over the moon. Oh, my God. I can't wait. I love it. I love it. My All right. Well, let's going to blast off my body. Are you, are you going to wear sparkle pants? Can oh you God, wear I'm sparkle gonna pants? I'm going to try. Craig can, from- June, can Junie wear sparkle pants to her no swimming pool party? Junie's going to wear a bikini, maybe a sparkle bikini to her no swimming pool party. <laughs> oh God, it it is dog it. friendly, by the way, at the Mirage. So you can bring your dogs if you want. Well, you just sold about five more people. Um, <laughs> right? I love it. All right. Let's go over our top five countdown from the back. Okay. Um, so number five, I'll go through mine and then you go through yours and then we will wrap up sayonara because this has been like half an hour longer than usual hey. but i knew that was gonna happen and everyone loves it whatever <laughs> they're still listening okay um so number five shooting um no shooting in backyards or my mistake was shooting in backyards number four thinking that i'm too expensive number three feeling that everyone needs to be my client number two looking only at pet photography for inspiration and number one comparing my journey to others my biggest mistakes. Don't make them. You've been warned. So good. So good in every way. All right. Here we go. Number five for me. Set super clear boundaries. Part one. No extra people or kids. <laughs> Number four. Set super clear boundaries. Part two. Do not leave galleries up for too long and be strong and serious about your time limits um, and in setting them. Number three. Don't spend too long on a shit shot. <laughs> Admit it. it's not working and move on. Uh, number two, say a price and then stop talking. <laughs> and number one, take the shot that no one else is taking. Step outside of the box that they put you in when you were six years old. I love it. I love it. Oh my gosh, this has been so good. Kaylee, thank you, my friend, for being here with us. Thank, thank you, you, all of you guys, for sticking around with us for an hour and 13 minutes. Hey, oh, how are ya? <laughs> trying to keep you entertained this week. You know, it's all good. Um, and yeah, and definitely go check out shutterhoundconference.com if you want to join us in uh, Iceland next year, pephotographyretreats.com. We are only doing one week because it is going to be epic eight days, seven nights, traveling along, doing crazy activities. It's a bark adventure, different than a workshop, um, shooting, photographing dogs and some puffins and some horses throughout the week. So unbelievable. It's going to be ridiculous. Yeah, there's only going to be, there's only going to be room for 
Oh gosh. I don't even know if we've decided if it's eight or 12. It's not going to be a lot of people. I think no more than 12. Actually it's 12. It's 12. Very exclusive. Yeah. Very exclusive. People one week. That's it. So anyway, get on that list. Come join us in Vegas. Holy moly, please bring your dogs to Vegas. And if you don't bring your dogs, bring yourself. Thank you. (laughs) With that, I'll see you guys next week. See you later. Thanks for listening to the Hair of the Dog podcast. This was episode number 184. If you want to check out the show notes for access to any of the resources that we mentioned, simply go to www.hairofthedogacademy.com slash 184. Thanks for listening to this episode of Hair of the Dog podcast. If you enjoyed this show, please take a minute to leave a review. And while you're there, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss our upcoming episodes. One last thing. If you are ready to dive into more resources, head over to our website at www.hairofthedogacademy.com. Thanks for being a part of this pet photography community.